It's Friday night and you're at the video store. The place is a mob scene. People clutching tapes in both hands, bumping into other customers as they hurry to the checkout counter. Like a magnet, you're drawn to the horror section. Surrounded by all the beautiful cover art, you begin to panic. So many titles, so little time, and the store is about to close. Suddenly, two figures emerge from the shadows. Their name tags announce Mikey and Maddie. They will guide you on this journey, for they are the purveyors of truth and good taste. Your video store hosts to take you on a fun ride through all the best in horror. So it's time to light the candles, and as the flint creates a spark, remember, you're never really alone in the dark. Good evening. This is cursed. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. It's Miller time. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Whatever you do, don't fall. Hello, all of you out there in podcast land. It is your buddy, Maddie from the Alone in the Dark Horror podcast. And uh, we are here. Of course, I'm here with our, my buddy, Mike. Mike, what is up tonight, dude? Maddie, Maddie, it's it's uh, it's crazy. We're in September. Um, I don't know about you, but the other day it went from like 90 degrees to probably like 60. 48. Degrees. Well, yeah, like at nighttime, but it was just gorgeous. I was just like this. Please, please just lock into this weather right now because nothing puts me more into the Halloween spirit than uh, cool, cool autumn uh vibes you know around here on the east coast right oh dude so yes i mean it, it like you said it's gonna get a little warm this week but it's still gonna be 50s at night so i think we're settling nicely into the first days of of, of autumn here and uh we are here tonight though mike for mm. a very specific reason this is episode 79 yes and we are here to talk about witches yeah we've never really done we've talked about a couple of these movies sort of uh some in detail some just mentioned but now we are focusing on witches and we thought what a better way to kick off the halloween season for us than to talk about all things witches and witch movies matt correct mike double double toil and <laughs> trouble fire burn and cauldron bubble oh it's all good things matt and it's going to be oh shakespeare said it well and <laughs> Macbeth, man let me tell you but uh so we're not going to talk about individual witches here we're going to talk about witch films yes. and we're not going to do a traditional you know you five and me five mm -hmm. we're going to do kind of a collective five if you will. i like when we do these just collectives because it's kind of like you and i just go back and forth and just talk about why we love these films so much together and it's not like a surprise you and i sort of know where we're heading and it, it's kind of fun i love kind of mixing it up and breaking out of that top five list kind of uh episode so i'm excited to talk about yeah. tonight's films but matt before we get yes. there let's do a little horror spotlight so, Maddie, what uh, what has been on your radar lately, or what have you been checking out or seeing in horror wise? Well, Mike, I've been uh, trying to get into the Halloween spirit a little bit this year, yeah. and I'm, I went I went in a little early uh, for me for this film. I, I should say this film probably from mid to late October. Right. It's not an every year watch, but I tell you, for some reason, I'm drawn to this move, this strange freaking little movie from 1988 called Hacko Lantern. 
<laughs> Mike, we talked about this on a Patreon episode. Actually, we did a mini episode. Yes, on this. yes. A nice tight little fifteen minute uh, mini episode yep. for patrons. And I, I know, I know you just recently discovered this, right? You haven't really seen this too many times before that, right? No, I feel like yeah, it's one of those movies I can't tell if I saw when I was younger, but I definitely uh, digested it pretty heavily when we did that uh, mini episode, and I was pleasantly surprised at what a gem it is. It's it's super fun. <laughs> well, when you say gem, like it, <laughs> it is the most flawed gem of gems. It is. It is, and um, yeah. It's so fun. It's a gem for us. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, people would call this, you know, and I, and I can't stand when people say guilty pleasure, um, and, this, and I, would, I would not call it that at all. Right. But it definitely does feel like fall. You know, you know, they got, you got the uncle there who's like a Satanist, right? He's, he's, he's in the barn with his, with his... With his pickup truck full of jack... Full of pumpkins. And, his, and yeah, he's driving around with, the, with a pickup truck full of pumpkins. It's like, so it's cool. Just, it's awesome. I want to see that drive right past my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's there to pick you up and, and bring you to the, uh, you know... To the Satanist uh, oh my cult God. in the barn, it's thing. great. So Matt, like you know, we we you know obviously we we talk about this on the Patreon episode. So please go follow us on Patreon. But there's a music video in this movie that is so worth wow. the price of admission. Uh, yeah, listen to our soundtrack episode if you want to hear me. Uh, wax oh yeah, philosophic you get into it that. more there. But it's on Shutter, right, Matt? So people can go check it out there. It is yes, right it. now. Yep. Yeah, that's a great one, Matt. I'm so glad that you uh, you had a little premature jack o' lantern to watch that. I did. Yeah. Well, it's September, yes, even, Matt. You're even, you're in it now, so there's no there's no premature. We're here. You know. What it, I mean? it, yeah. It's it's a pre within within the the right bounds here. I know what I'm, you mean because I like saving certain movies for October. Like I'm breaking right. a rule right now. I have Halloween four on while we're <gasps> doing this episode, and that's usually my wow. October watch. But I literally just saw Bucky get flown and landed into those <laughs> uh, that power line there, and he just exploded. Loaded in burst. So, um, so anyway, I, I I'll definitely watch this again in October. But Halloween four, I usually watch multiple times. Wow, you're gonna watch it twice? I'll, I'll probably watch it five, six times. Well, Matt. if it comes on Fear Fest on AMC or something, you'll watch it oh, like seven yeah, times. Absolutely. Well, that's a good pick for your uh, horror spotlight, Maddie. Hey, thanks. So, what do you got for yours? Well, Matt, uh, my son Mikey and I last week I uh, told you about this. We went and saw a little movie called Barbarian. Yes, you certainly did. And Matt, I, I, you know, our good friend, uh, well, we should mention that this episode is sponsored by our good friend, Josh Petrino. So Josh, thank you so much for sponsoring yes, EP baby. Yeah. Thanks for sponsoring, um, our, our episodes and being a, a loyal Patreon subscriber. But Josh recommended this movie to us at one of our Friday night frights events months ago. Yeah. Long. He said, you guys have to see this movie. He's like, I think it's the best movie of the year. And Josh worked on it. I'm pretty sure. I know he did a little work on it. Um, he's in the credits, I believe. And, uh, I went and saw it with Mikey. I was, you know, totally anticipating this movie since he mentioned it to us and I really liked it. But what's interesting is I am noticing that there is like, it's very polarizing. Like people either like it or they're like, yeah, it's really? stupid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. It just kind of reminds me of some of those films that, you know, that are out there that either people are like freaking out about, or people are just like, this is garbage, you know? Um, so listen, mm-hmm. I, I've only seen the trailer, I have to say. Yes. And is it kind of a, a Daniel Lewski's like House of Leaves thing? Is there like like more to the how this like a little B and B overnight we, stop than meets the eye? I mean, I, I kind of didn't know what you know was there. Yeah. They went down the basement, and then there's like an extra like passageway somewhere. I'll just some I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I definitely think it's one of those. This is this is something else I wanted to say, Matt. It's one of those movies you really should see in the theater because it has that. Uh, audience sort of reaction to it that's yeah. worth seeing with other people. 
Um, sure. We saw it with the packed house and everyone was reacting, you know, just like really loudly and just like it was interesting. Just viscerally. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'll just say this. The trailer doesn't really, the trailer holds back just enough. Uh, but it goes somewhere that you would never expect, you know what I mean? Which is kind okay. of what I like about it. But I think that's what people don't like about it too. So mm-hmm. um, I don't want to give it away, but I really, really enjoyed that. That was And the great. players are, I know Bill Skarsgård, uh, yes. Pennywise, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, he's it. Yep. But who's the, uh, who's the girl? I, I'm trying to think of who the actress is. Oh, shoot. What is she? I'm not really sure what else she's been in, but she was excellent. Yeah. She was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was yeah, just, it was cool. It was really cool. He's but creepy no matter what, right? Like, he, he just looks creepy. Yes, yes. But like I said, it's definitely, like I want to talk about it with someone because there's so much I want to mention, but our good friend, uh, 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 Spooky Nick on Instagram, she saw it and said she really didn't like it. And I was like, whoa, okay. you know? So that's all right. I think it's it's just kind of like a, you know, a curated taste. You know, people have to uh, either, either get into it or not. So... Um, gotcha. But I enjoyed it, so and I think it's worth seeing in theaters. If, if you're going to go see, it's Halloween time. If you're going to go see a movie, I feel like this is the one to go see. You know what I mean? To really get that audience reaction and just have a good time. Hey, look, man, they're t- they're they're talking up a great uh, a horror film in, in in 2022 in the fall. Right. And, uh, I mean, we're lucky. We're so lucky. No matter what. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. And even, even though we're probably going to go see Halloween Kills and not enjoy it, but. It, it'll just be enjoyable to to be there with you and just Halloween ends. You mean. Halloween ends. I'm sorry, I really don't give a shit anymore about where it's going. But <laughs> we'll be there, and uh, who knows what we'll Halloween see. Halloween falls on its face is coming next. Right. Uh, next but we ha- we have like you said, we have a movie that you can go see around Halloween time. So just do it. You know. Um, one of the th- Mike, yeah. Go we, ahead, Matt. Go sorry. ahead. I was going to say before we uh, tumble forward mm-hmm. into our episode here, I w- I do not want to forget that uh, to thank Mr. John Keller, our latest oh, patron. Oh, John, John, our latest and Patreon John subscriber. Is, yes, he's a, he's the latest Patreon subscriber. Not only that, this guy comes to just about. I mean, if not every, just about every single Friday night frights yes. that we do. Yeah. Which ding ding ding, uh, September. Uh, next Friday, actually this coming Friday, September 30th, yep. what are we showing on for Friday Night Friday? Oh, Matt, we've been talking about this movie. It's like, I've always said, it's like my September go-to watch movie, and it's John Carpenter's Christine. Oh, yeah, baby. Which is going to be awesome to kick it off right before, you know, October breaks, and I'll literally be leaving uh, the next morning to head up to Salem, which I'm super excited, so... That's going to be a fun little fall activity. But yeah, this Friday, September 30th, Christine, come see it. Uh, tickets yeah. are Enjoy a Potent fi- Potable. Yeah, too. Potent they're, Potables they're are, are going to be sponsoring a drink. So they will have maybe one or two drinks. I'm not sure, but the drinks are free if you're 21 and over. Um, tickets to get in are just five bucks. If you guys haven't come and you live in the area, please come and come hang out with Maddie and I. Um, it's a super fun time. It's like a great, great experience of it's always like a good crew of people that are just into horror. And we all have fun we just kind of laugh and joke at them at the, yeah, movie. the audience reaction portion man oh, it's, great. it's great it's just like been so awesome to just sit it's like just sitting in a movie theater rented out with your friends that's what it feels mm-hmm. like you know it's it's super fun so super excited about that about that but john keller thank you so much for for supporting us on patreon we really do appreciate it um one other thing, Matt, I'd like to mention before we move along is we on Patreon, since we're talking about Patreon, we uh, we try to do as many as we can, but it's usually about 
two or three times a year, we do a watch along. And what that is, is we, we go online and we stream a movie and everybody can join us. And we all sort of chat about it as we watch. Um, so we're, we put out a poll recently, uh, for our October watch along. Cause we usually do one in October for sure. And the, the choices are you chose this one, which is just kind of something to goof on. Halloween resurrection was one of the choices. <laughs> By the way, did that get any votes? What's that? No, I don't think it did. That's what's so funny. I was laughing. Um, We also chose Children of the Corn, uh, Rocktober Blood, and then the WNUF Halloween special, which is actually in the lead right now, which I think would be super fun to watch an October movie to watch with everybody with our Patreon subscribers. It'd be super fun. So, of course. Yeah. So if you guys, uh, if you guys want to join us on Patreon uh, and support us, we'd really appreciate it. We have a lot of fun on there. Maddie and I do bonus episodes. We do some videos every once in a while. Um, but we also do these watch alongs, which are kind of like a fun party. So for the October one, we did this last year, Matt, and we actually dressed up. We had like a whole costume party, which was fun. So cameras were we on. Did. Everybody showed us their costumes. It was super fun. Um, one last thing, Matt, I wanted to mention September. Well, you mentioned WNUF. Yeah, yes. September 30th, we're showing Christine at the Atlantic Highlands uh, Atlantic Movie House, which is now owned by Kevin Smith. But on October 8th, this is something that we just sort of facilitated. Um, it's not really our event per se, but we are sponsoring it. Uh, Chris LaMartina is coming to show his brand new movie, the WNUF Halloween special sequel. Uh, which I think he's calling it the Out There Halloween Mega Tape, um, yes. which I cannot wait to see. I was talking to Chris the other day, and I was saying, Chris, I've been so looking forward to seeing the sequel. It's going to be super fun uh, to see it in theaters too, which is going to be awesome. But Chris is coming. He's going to show his film an hour before, I think uh, starting at 7 o'clock, um, Aurora Gorealis, which is uh, yes. Chris's wife, I believe, is going to do a whole shock tale hour where she's going to do like uh, like trivia and event like an event like before the movie kind of leading up to it. Yep. which is going to be super fun. So, And then Chris, after the movie, is going to do like a Q&A and stuff. So I really, really hope that we see some of our listeners there to support Chris and his oh, awesome it's gonna be movie. The best. It's going to be super fun. Hopefully everyone that comes to our Friday Night Frights will be there. Uh, we're definitely going to promote it this Friday. But it's going to be super fun to see Chris um, and actually see his movie, as sequel, because um, Matt and I, we love the WNUF Halloween special. We've talked about it on the podcast and sort of done our special episodes. Like it's, it's such a special movie in our hearts. So I cannot wait to th- see the sequel. And, and, I, and not for nothing, yeah. like you could get that. You can get it now. I refuse, I, re- I will not, I, I am looking for so forward to this movie. I'm going to, I want to see it live like, oh, in yeah. person that night. And of course I'm going to buy it and get it after and support of Chris course. in every way that we can. Yeah. But I am, I would, even if I had it right now, I would leave it sealed and I would just wait to have this opportunity to go. See I agree. Cause I've seen a lot of people ordered it and they they've been posting it like, Oh, I've watched it. It's great. And I'm like, I I can't like to see it in October at the beginning of October. It's going to be like such a great, like kickoff to October to watch that movie. And what a memory man we'll have, you know, Oh, it'll be awesome. So October 8th guys, you can buy your tickets at AtlanticMoviehouse.com. Please come support Chris and hang out with Maddie. And I will, we'll be hanging out there. And I believe the guys from the purple stuff podcast are coming, which is another podcast we really enjoy. So I think they're going to be there as well, which is kind of fun. So it'll be just like a super fun night. So uh, we'd love to see you guys there, which would be great. Awesome. So Matt, let's uh, let's boil the uh, cauldron and uh, what else should we do? Should we light the fire and the black flame candle? What else can we do? We should. We should. Uh, <laughs> we should. We've we've you know we've inscribed the pentagram on the floor. Yes. Get your get your and, broom um, your broom out, Maddie. 
I'm going to get Mike <laughs> levitating a little bit. <laughs> so we are talking about five films that we have chosen uh, to talk about um, some of our favorite witch movies. And by no means is this, you know, a list list per se, right? This isn't like, and we're not going to go in really any specific order where we're, we sort of have like a loose order, but these are just movies that we think that kind of stood out to us as witch movies. And you may have a different list and you may have different movies that you enjoy, right, Matt? Well, but- yes. I mean, sure. I Listen, the, first of all, I know this is one of the big ones and uh, we're not going to be talking about it, but I think we should talk about it up top. Um, I'm talking about the film from 1977, Mike, from Italian maestro Dario Argento. Suspiria. And I'm talking about Suspiria, yeah. Yeah. right? So, I mean, you know, obviously the, the Dance Academy or whatever, and the American goes over, uh, I think it's Germany or it's somewhere over there um, in Europe. And of course, strange things are afoot um, at the Dance Academy. And I know 10 minutes in, they have that real close-up of, the, of like the stabbing of the bleeding of the heart. Like, yeah. it's so visceral. That, that, that movie is just something else, like visually. It's, it's stunning. Um, there's some beautiful things, and you know, there's there's time to talk about it. I believe uh, in another episode, right? But I did want to mention that's a that's a really good witch um, witch film. Oh, absolutely, yeah. As well as well as 1989's Teen Witch, Mike. Have you seen Teen Witch? <laughs> I think a long time ago, Matt. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> well, it's it the the girl the lead in it is uh, is Ralph Macchio's love interest in Karate Kid Part Three. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and it, I, <laughs> In which uh, Daniel LaRusso propositions her character Jessica Andrews by saying, just wait till you see the size of my bonsai tree, baby. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we're not going to be talking about Teen Witch either, but it's worth mentioning. That's another uh, little light, real light film um, (laughs) that was in the wings. And there are so many. There's a lot. um, Yeah, there's a lot. That we could talk. I mean, the Love Witch. I mean, there's so many, like even, you know, recent, there's there's a lot of movies. But we're going to focus on five. And we've got a, it's a random batch, right, Matt? (laughs) It's well, it's a lot of heavy hitters, yeah. and there's a couple that we kind of have never talked about right on the, on the podcast before. So we're gonna go for it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Matt, the first movie we are gonna be talking about is a little film that came out in on May third in nineteen ninety six, and we have talked about this movie multiple times, and it's mm-hmm. called The Craft. So what are you doing after school? Magic. Called the craft. Oh my god. And it's a force so powerful. You're a witch. <laughs> it's too powerful <laughs> to control. On May 3rd, the witching hour begins. The craft. Girls, watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, Mr. Radar. At theaters May 3rd. So Matt, directed by Andrew Fleming. Andrew Fleming. Yeah. Yep, indeed. Yep. Mike. Yeah, I mean, Mike, where were you? I know you talk, you've told the story before, but again, we never know who's just jumping on and this is your first episode you're ever listening to. You never to, know, so yeah. Just, just regale them with that quick tale of where you saw the craft. Well, Matt, I was I was a senior in college at the time and I was going to a school in Colorado, in Denver, Colorado, and this movie came out and it's funny, I, I, I know I've talked about this before, a lot of my friends in college weren't really into horror movies like I was, so a lot of these horror movies that would come out when I was at school, I would have to go by myself so i saw the craft once fell in love with it and i think i went back probably two or three times in colorado and then this was around the time like 
beginning of May is when you go back home, right? Like of course, college yeah. ends. I I definitely saw it another two or three times in New Jersey. Um, I was obsessed with it. You know, really, really, really enjoyed it. The soundtrack sold me. We've talked about the soundtrack on here a million times. Yep. Um, the soundtrack made it. The location was cool. The actresses were amazing. Like there was something so good about this film. Can you agree? I just think like, what what was it that really grabbed you about it? And where were you when you first saw it? Well, we did not see this together. Um, um, no. To make that clear we we definitely knew each other but we just hadn't like you said you were in colorado and mm -hmm. um i was at penn state in pennsylvania yep uh you know we it's funny because this is one of those films that you know we're in our very very early 20s at this point in our lives yep. and there's a bunch of young girls in the audience <laughs> and you kind of feel like the dirty old guy right. in the theater like the creepy older like okay you're just you're you know you're in college and you're you know it's just not it's not really your movie anymore like you're not you're past the CW peak yeah. and all this stuff. But, you know, we were unapologetically like, who get, you know, this is, this is very much my movie. Like, I don't care what you say, say, because it's just, it just hits on all levels. Mike, you have oh, yeah. the freaking, you have the script, which is great. You have the acting, which is great. Yep. It has a budget. Yeah. Um, and then you have that soundtrack. I mean, that's a home run. Oh my God. It's like, it's all just perfect things lined up in a row. Ready it really to, is. Everything ready is just cast a spell on us. You know what I mean? It was just like totally. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And you know, we are the, Mike, we were the weirdos being in that theater with all those young girls trying to, you know, being hypnotized. When, <laughs> we, she, when Fritz of Box we were says the weirdos, that, like, mister. she was talking right to me. Like we're the weirdos. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. And you know, we've talked about this before, just the storyline of like the, the new, the new person moving into a town, you know, to have that character sort of kick off the start of this movie kind of sold me. And I know that's a big, big plot point that you love, you know? Um, oh yeah. I just love the, the, like the three outsiders kind of won me over when I saw this movie, you know, um, it just made me want to learn about witchcraft. Like I just went out, I like obsess over things sometimes I know, when they go to the, that store and everything. It's oh, great. I remember like coming back to New Jersey and buying like 20 books on witchcraft at like Barnes and Noble and like Walden books. You know what I mean? Like I had to like learn and I did like, I really wanted to become a witch myself. Like this movie <laughs> made me want to be a witch, you know? Um, that's, that's pretty oh, intense. It was insane. Yeah. But I looked at those same girls in the eye, Mike. Those same little fourteen-year-old girls that were probably there with their with their moms or whatever. And I right. said, like, you know what? And the opening credits come out. They go, yeah, who's this bitch? Do you know who the Beatles are? You don't know. Yep. You don't know. Tomorrow never knows. You have no idea what this is. But I do. That's why this movie speaks to me. Yes. He made this movie for everyone. Absolutely. Not just you. And it's for men. It's for women. It's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And Matt, this movie influenced uh, a show that came out uh, called Charmed. Of course, Charmed. Of course. <laughs> Do you know this fact? Andrew Fleming stated that Charmed, uh, the show from 1998, ripped off this film. Uh, Fleming <laughs> Fleming revealed that he wrote a plot based on the movie for Fox, in which the W. WB was also strongly interested and it and it had his idea to have how soon is now as its title theme you're um, kidding yeah, no isn't this crazy the pilot wasn't picked up the uh the following year and then charm premiered shortly after that um which is kind of crazy think of how bad that is like how bad would Andrew Fleming, Fleming must have pissed. felt he must have been so pissed like what the fuck dude come on seriously oh my god dude it's crazy it's crazy yeah, he's he's got style to burn on this movie, man. Oh, he does totally he, everything. He's got it going on. Yeah, totally. it's great. Um, um, Matt, I'm sure you know not to mess mess with witchcraft. You know, when we went up to Salem and stuff, I'm sure you felt like, hey, this is this is some serious shit. I don't want to get involved in this stuff. But did you hear the story that happened on the set? Um, the crew had to return to the location a second time. I think it was. Um, 
uh, may have been like when they were out by the beach or something like that. They they were interrupted several like they had all these weird occurrences that caused the uh, witch consultant um, <laughs> to to raise an eyebrow as the fog rolled in at midnight. The four actresses used actual Wiccan rites and language to invoke powerful forces, so they use like real rites in the movie. And as Fruzabalk's character, wow. uh, Nancy attempts to invoke the deity Manon, uh, a flock of bats hovered over the set. <laughs> And the tide rose dramatically, like out of nowhere, um, extinguishing all the candles. So everyone was like kind of freaked out. Um, Holy crap. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's just fucking nuts, dude. It's so crazy. So, like, don't mess with that shit. You know what I was thinking, Andrew Fleming? Um, bad Dreams, Richard Lynch. Did you ever see Bad Dreams from 1988? Uh, I think a long time ago. Yeah, it's been a oh, while, though. Dude, that movie is that movie's fucked up, but it's really good. Mm. Um Richard Lynch is a great, great, bad, bad guy. You'll see him. You, you'll know him when you see him on screen. And this movie, man, he's just, he just, he's nuts. He's an all out, like, you know, crazy performance. Um, but he's really good in it. Yeah. Uh, and then Threesome, of course, we did our Threesome episode. Yes, yes. Way back when. And he also did Threesome. I love Threesome. Um, I love it. Great yeah, college I mean, movie. So, yeah, it's a college movie. Yeah. But, um, he just, I don't know, man. I just think he could have gotten more work in this genre if he really wanted to. Right. Do you think it was his choice not to kind of continue this way? Or? I do. I think I think he kind of fell into television afterwards, which is what happened to a lot of directors. You know, the allure of having a steady gig versus, you know, do I want to be a, a tortured artist who maybe gets the film made that he wants to or, you know, because I'm sure he must have, I'm sure he had some definitely things thrown at him after this. This was a success, you know, it was a success for sure. Yeah. Money. Oh my God. No yeah. Doubt. It was a huge success in theaters. So I think it, you know, it really stole the, you know, the hearts of so many teens and, and, yeah. and creepy 20 year olds. <laughs> and of course, dude, I mean, let's, let's, let's underline that because that's us. And that was us. And now we're creepy 40 or something year olds and we're still loving the craft. So yes, it's true. It's true. It's but I think far reaching charms. There's a lot of a men charm. like us, Matt, that feel the same way. You know, I'm sure that's that's a, a common occurrence with uh, with this movie because it's it's definitely near and dear to me. You know, I love it so much. It's great. Yeah, it is. I mean, just like you said, the flawed characters and how you root you root for them. You know, like you know, what's her name is so um, Nev Campbell is so damaged in this movie, especially yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. But then to watch her find their strength, you know, it's 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 awesome. And the and fact you know that they all turn that on same, each other too in the end. You know yeah. What I mean? it's, well, that's it is. It's powerful. That's character development right there, baby. It is. It's good versus evil. I mean, you have good characters that are centered and have some morality. You have some of them that just lose their minds. Um, and you know, it's good for that same girl that I was mad at that didn't know the Beatles song and the, you know, that same 14 year old girl, she could look up to some of these characters and say, damn, I could find my inner strength or at least get something empowering out of it. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I agree with you there. That's good. Well, Matt, I think, uh, I don't know what else to say about this movie besides they're fucking, there's some cool ass witches and, and skeets in it. <laughs> Skeet gets a start, right? This is pre-scream. It's pretty awesome. Yep. He's got that sort of awkward, curly, short hair. You know, he's not a uh, not super hot guy yet. You know, but what a great movie! And this soundtrack will always. I uh, think people, uh, girls out there, many of them would, uh, women would would disagree with that. Mike. Oh, maybe, maybe, but <laughs> it's pre-hot. I think it's still hot. It's hot. Skeet's hot no matter what. I'm assuming. I, yeah, maybe I'm wrong about that, but. Um, yeah, but anyway, this soundtrack, Matt, is just unbelievable, and we've talked about it, like I said, so oh, many times. Dangerous and, and, type. Oh, oh God. so many good songs, you know? You got, it's just, it's such a great, great soundtrack, and definitely go check out our soundtrack episodes, and you will hear many songs pop up from this soundtrack, right? We're sort of dipping into the well as deep as we can go 
with no, the listen, crab. Reservoir Dogs has the slow-mo shot. Uh, Swingers has the slow-mo shot. And this freaking movie mm. has the slow-mo shot with Dangerous Type, man. And it's 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 fucking awesome. And we've talked about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> of course we have. But you, it's just too good not to talk about I know. I know. It's excellent. So if you do want a good witch movie and you haven't seen this one in a while, which I think that's going to be kind of rare. I think most people that are listening to this podcast have seen The Craft multiple times and probably seen it recently. But it is a, such a great witch movie. And we were so excited to, to add it to this list and talk about it. So that's The Craft. Manny. All right. So the next film we're going to be talking about, Mike, we're going to jump ahead just a few yes. years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to go to um, a year that Prince liked a lot, 1999. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Blair Witch Project. Ooh, yeah. From Artisan Entertainment, it began as a mystery. It became a phenomenon. And now it's as close as your remote control. For the first time on television, the Blair Witch Project comes to pay-per-view. Experience the movie critics call a groundbreaker in fright. An instant classic. I hear him downstairs! The Blair Witch Project, now on pay-per-view. Lights on, lights off. You decide how to watch it. So Matt, where so were where you? Were we? Yeah, where were we? Where were you? Well, Mike, we did see, we did see this together, by the way. Did we? I think it was the second time, or did you come see it with me and in a group? Or did, I I definitely saw this with you in the theater. I don't know if it was your second time, first time, right? Right. You know, if it was cherry popping time for you, if it was the third or fourth or ninetieth time, I don't know. No, I just know that uh, yeah. you and I saw this in a theater together. Did we? Did you see it with my wife and 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 her sister, or was it was it just you and maybe, I in the theater? I, I think maybe it was with Kathleen. Okay, so yes. that's that's awesome. I wanted to talk about the story because I couldn't remember if if we were together for that. But I don't know if you remember the buzz in the theater. Like it was. Oh my god! It was first of all, it was like there was like you talk about a visceral reaction. There was like a lot of that happening when we saw it. But then I remember the end. Do you remember the end? How silent it was, dude. I and plus, let's just just give a little context here. Your then not wife. She was your girlfriend yes. at the time. Because mm-hmm. this is pre marriage by a couple of years here. Yep. Uh, she was not a horror movie fan. No, not at all. I think uh, we so had you, to convince her to go. You know what I mean? I think her sister yes. went, and that's why the only reason she went. Her sister know? did, and we kind of co-went. Come on, you know. And I'll I'll be the fourth wheel at this point because pretty much um, the sister would have been the third wheel, and I was the fourth wheel. And but, um, yeah, just just how long? Even though this is like right on the cusp of when the internet was was kind of just finding its legs because yes. this is so early on here this is when you know dial-up took 30 minutes to get you on uh yep. you know, AOL, AOL yep. stuff but the freaking buzz I mean, starting when when it premiered at sundance uh, a midnight screening at that right and then just that tidal wave of buzz that this movie got and you know the marketing how it was real and everyone bought into that and how these people basically had to sign contracts to lie Yes, to their family members, to anybody that would ask them, no, to de- decline interviews at any at every turn. Think about how counterintuitive that is to marketing. Right, you're not inter- you're not doing interviews for this film. But think of how brilliant that marketing it was. was because it yes. like there was like this slow like buzz that just was like everyone was naturally like doing research about the movie and trying to find out if it was real or not. It, it was like a whole thing. It was crazy. But I don't know if you remember when we saw it uh, in Hazlitt that day. I remember we were coming out and we knew that it was fake because we kind of read about it, but people were like, 
were like, yeah, that's real. That really happened. Like, <laughs> like people were like making shit up. Like my, my cousin like knows the girl, like, like it was like crazy. Like people were, were like they flat were. out lying about the they movie were. and they didn't even, like, they didn't even know they were lying. They thought it was real. It was like an and urban it, it legend. Funny, Mike, you know, there's somebody out there right now listening to this going, wait, wait, it's fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I spoiled that for you, but come wait, on, what? come on. It's from 99. You got to know by now, but, um, but let's talk about the movie, Matt, because I think this is one of those films that we've talked about what you don't see and what your imagination creates, right? And this is the brilliance of this movie um, that I think it's worth talking about because the way the pacing of this movie is interesting because obviously it's, you know, it's reality based. It's like, uh, you know, it's very sort of like found footagey. So uh, this is kind of like the early incarnation of that. You know, I know there were others before this, but the brilliance of this movie is what you don't see and what you imagine, you know, what you imagine that is haunting these three people out to shoot a documentary about this witch. Right. Right. Yes. And that's what I loved about it. But I don't know about you. I was thinking about this today because rewatching this film, um, I don't know how you feel, but it, I feel like it, like it's a hard watch for me now. Like I, it really, is. I love this movie so much when we saw it in theaters and it had that sort of like that awesome experience of seeing it. And I've seen it probably a handful of times after it, rewatching it for episodes that we were talking about, or just, you know, someone who hadn't seen it before I, I put it on, but I'm, it's like, it's a hard movie for me. Like, I feel like it hasn't like really, really grown well. And it's not, it hasn't lived up to the, to the time that it captured back in 99. It's no, more. you honestly, this, you're absolutely, I a hundred percent agree with you because when you saw the euphoria you felt when you tumbled out of that theater, yeah, it was, it, it just held you in a grip. You're like, I just saw something historical. Like I, that was something that I'll never see again. Like, absolutely. Little did we know. I mean, it was obviously it, kickstarted some ridiculous um you know year years and years of people trying to just trying to capitalize on it remake it and do something um to make their own found footage film right because of the diy you know nature of of it you know mm -hmm. but you're you're so right it was such a strong oh my god when you saw it but you watch it now and i could i could imagine like even younger kids and the younger generations kind of going yeah what, what's the big deal i don't i don't right. get it right and you're not going to get it because you weren't there with all the marketing and yes. all this. It's real. Is it real? Like, I know my sister's boyfriend's cousin's asshole neighbor knew these people or was that guy or something. Like, there was just, just being in the middle of all that. And I'm not trying yeah. to sound like haughty and like, oh, I was there and fuck you. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to say that it's important to contextualize it and say, yeah. man, when you were there, this was a powerful, powerful statement of film. Yeah, no, absolutely. In the 23 years that have followed, it has lost a little something, I think, just based on how people consume media now. Right. Just, you know, that that really, you probably wouldn't be able to keep that same secret that you kept back then. or that No, it's been, it's probably know. possible with some, like the younger generation, they might, if you just, if you told them like, hey, watch this movie, it's, it's a true story, they might, you know, believe it before they can look it up. But I agree, it's definitely one of those things that's not going to have that same reaction that we had going to see it and just the, like everything that went along with it. Um, but like I said, I think it's a great movie uh, to watch. If you hadn't seen it before and maybe revisit it once or twice, but it's definitely one of those movies for me that I'm kind of like, eh, the, you, the acting doesn't sort of like hold up very well for me. Oh, I felt bad for the actress because she got really like kind she of like did. backlash. Didn't she know? get like a Razzie award or something? I forget. Well, Mike, this is, wasn't this movie, this movie is like, 
if it was voted for like the worst movie of the years, I, I think it was up for the a Razzie for worst film. Maybe, yeah. And it's got like the highest like Rotten Tomatoes score for a film that's got a Razzie award or, or nomination or whatever. Right. But um, Mike, this it's funny because I was thinking about this too. You said you were thinking about it, but I was thinking that this film's greatest strength is ultimately its greatest limitation because right. you have this found footage format, right? Which makes the film startlingly originally in, in so many ways. But then that forced perspective, man, you can't change it. You can't organize and set these wide establishing shots and these overheads. You know, you can't direct it the way a traditional person would. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of its greatest limitation in that way yep. artistically because you're stuck in that format. Right. Which I said, like I said, it it's amazing. But at the same point, you're like, all right, well, that's also the stop point right there. That's the limitation of the film as well. Right, because there um, wasn't a script, right? There was like the director would just say, that's okay, true. this is what needs to happen today. You know what I mean? And and they would sort of like have to improvise and sort right. of like create these but then, scenarios. But even the, even the, they had walkie-talkies in the woods. They weren't even with the director. Right, right. They, that's they true. They communicated via walkie-talkie and they literally got lost many times. I mean, it was such a cool, everything about the making of it and the marketing of it and the actual thing coming out. I mean, hey, by the way, this movie made $250 million. I know, I know. Yeah. So people caught up in this. They got really ensnared in this oh, web. Oh, yeah, because it just grew and grew. And right? we are not trash-talking The Blair Witch Project. But folks, if you have not seen this movie, like, this is the best of its kind. I know. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You should definitely see it. it it's a, it's just, it, has, it, it is a historical document of film at that time. It really was. It pushed, oh, it totally was. Yeah, if you think of film. Pushed film into another. It's, yes. Yeah, it's, like, it's like really like a masterpiece as far as that goes. And the ending which I think we should talk about. The ending is one of those things that, like I said at the beginning of us talking about this, is there was such a silence in the theater after yeah. this ending because it was so, just, it's so like traumatic and you just didn't know what you saw. You had to think about it for a second and you thought you were, you were waiting for something else to come and there was nothing, but right. it still left you just like in fear, even though you and I knew that it wasn't real. We yeah. still were like, holy shit. You know oh what I mean? man, it just had that feeling, right? Yeah. It was a great, great ending. Yeah. So bravo to uh, Eduardo Sanchez, the director and Daniel Myrick. Um, yeah. I mean, they created a, a, like I said, it's something for the time capsule here for sure. Yeah, and what what have they done lately? Anything? Or well, is that he, they've actually done quite a bit. If you look up Eduardo Sanchez on IMDb, he's got a couple of really interesting post Blair Witch things. Even in the, even in the last ten years or so that he's done, he's so he's still very very much out there and and doing his thing. And and I, I I would encourage you to look up his work and support it. I know he has something called Exists, which is another film he made about hmm. seven eight eight years ago. Um, so really cool, like he's just making stuff, man. He's doing, and he's still doing like mythical stuff. That's like legend based and stuff. I think he's really, right. he's, he's keeping up with it. And I, I really, I support the guy. He's a great artist. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's definitely a movie. I'm excited that we got to talk about, especially on this episode, all about witches, because like I said, even though you don't get to see this, witch, you, you almost did about by the way. It. Yeah. You, you almost did. You almost but they, did. Yeah. The uh, the footage got the guy forgot to pan over or something where the witch was. And oh, they, never they actually they, shot. I didn't realize that. They, they actually, never reshot it. They just they just uh, set out for it. That's pro they probably realized. You know what? It's a it's a better if it. If you yeah, yeah. It. It's kind of like the Jaws kind of thing. You know, what exactly. You don't see is way scarier. So that's great. So that was the Blair Witch Project. <laughs>
So Matt, we are going to jump to a year called 2016, and it's a film that I. This is a movie I feel like a lot of people hasn't seen, so I'm really excited to talk. So about we're going this. to 2016, man. Holy yeah. mackerel! So we're jumping around, Matt. We went from 99 to 2016, and it's a little film called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. The autopsy of an unidentified female, henceforth known as Jane Doe. Now, Matt, I saw this. I didn't see this in theaters, but I rented this I did not either. Yeah, and I was so pleasantly surprised by this film because not only you you have the great acting of of Brian Cox, but you also have Emile Hirsch, who's an amazing actor as well. Yeah, awesome actors, Um, yes. And this is something we, you and I are always a big fan of, like these simple stories. You know, I know there's like some stuff that happens- It's a murder mystery, right? Well, yeah, but it's like it's like one location kind of thing, and yes. it's like two characters basically. The, the the main characters. I know there's a couple other people in and no, out. No, but the whole but movie rests on their shoulders for sure. It's and it's, the girl, yeah, the, the corpse, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's such a great movie, and it's one of those movies we can't spoil because no, um, I do well, not. Kind of it. the fact that it's in this episode spoils something. You know what I mean? But and that <laughs> kind of spoils the ending a little bit, but. It's it's like you said, it's like a mystery unraveling. It's almost like a jigsaw puzzle uh, that slowly unravels on this autopsy table where Brian Cox and uh, Emil Hirsch are father and son, right? And they're, yep, they are. they're sort the of working coroner. together. Yep. And Emil Hirsch is like, there's a whole subplot where Emil Hirsch feels bad. He doesn't really want to do what his dad does. He does these autopsies uh, in, this, in this town and he's trying to get out of it. But then they're sort of wrapped up. All of a sudden, this police officer who has dropped off, he's, he's investigated these like this murder of like four people in this house right yes yep and something there's something weird like they didn't well he needs the he needs the autopsy done by like the following morning right but isn't there something weird when they found these bodies there was something like they didn't nobody got in or something like that like all the doors were locked so whatever happened happened inside this locked house but then they find this body uh buried in the basement um of this with yeah no clear marks no clear like right this anything. woman who's like super pale and then you know they slowly discover that you know she's been there a long time and they sort of like do this research on this girl and then the story completely unravels and you get this amazing simple story that is not only horrific but it's just so cool because it just the way it goes, like you said, it's like a puzzle piece, and every every section of of autopsy that they do reveals something new and different. It's almost like a history project, right, Matt? It's it is. Like- it's and it's also a very slow burn. This film, you have to stick with it. But it is it is mesmerizing. I mean, it's a slow burn, but you're not going to take your eyes off of it. The story is engrossing. The the acting is phenomenal. And oh that, my god! You, you won't take so your eyes good. off the them or the or the girl. But just just the creepiness factor of some of the stuff that they they think they see, like in the yes. hallway when they go to the bathroom, or right. Because um, not only is the autopsy creepy, yeah, it's but mind like games. you said, there's yes. there's like supernatural stuff happening while yes. they're doing this autopsy, which really kind of keeps it going. You know, keeps the story going. Yes. Um, I don't want people to think that they're just watching a movie that's like two hours of an autopsy. It's not. You know. No. 
But like we said, it's a very simple story because it takes place mostly in this autopsy room. And it's just like these two characters interacting with this dead body. You know what I mean? But it's so fun. It's like such a cool, like you said, slow burn, but big payoff in the end. Yeah, it could um, be like a like an extended creep show segment or like a you know like a giant that's a good Twilight point. Zone piece I agree with that. Like that. It totally yeah. could have been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was excellent. Uh, I just really think it's a good movie that people should watch this Halloween season if they haven't seen it. It's like yeah. definitely a good one when you got Top two hours notch. to sort of concentrate and sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. It's yeah, so directed good. by uh, I think his name is Andre Overdahl. I think he did uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, and he's Ooh. he's been. He's genre guy for sure. That's great. Yeah, but you know this one is very low budget. But man, he every he whatever money he had, man, he really created a heck of a story with this one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and think of Brian Cox from Trick or Treat. You know what I mean? Like it's just so fucking cool. You know, he's like one of the best character actors living. Oh, he's so good. So good. So definitely go check the autopsy of Jane Doe guys. If you haven't seen it, it's highly enjoyable. I think you guys will really like it. It's a, it's a creepy, creepy film. It's really, really good. Enjoy. All right, Maddie, where are we going now? We're going to territory that we usually never go to, or we negatively go to. No, Mike, we're going to give we are going to give this next director a fair shake. We are. We are. Because uh we are going to 2012 mm-hmm. and we are going to a film by Rob Zombie called The Lords of Salem. On the rare occasion, a special child appears. The curse, the Lords of Salem possessing the souls of the Salem women, which the devil's child would inherit the earth. Welcome. The Lords of Salem, rated R, in theaters April 19th. Wait, did you say Rob Zombie, Maddie? We're talking about a Rob Zombie movie? We are, Mike. Well, Mike, <laughs> you, listen, if you think about it, according to the prognostications of one Nostradamus, the world was going to end in 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah supposed to. That's right. So in the spirit of that far-reaching plausibility of the end of the world, Mike, isn't it fitting that finally, in that same year, Rob Zombie actually made a good film? Right. That's the like, thing. We both, we're, we didn't just throw this movie on there because no. it had Salem in the title. Maddie and I actually like this movie, and it's probably the only Rob Zombie movie that we really enjoy. Is that For correct? For all the people out there like like Spooky Nick and everybody, I know there's a lot younger oh, people yeah. out there that really love Zombie. Um, I am telling you right now, this is where I begin and end with Rob Zombie because I can stand by this movie in every way. Yeah, and let me uh, say I something. Honestly, Matt. Say. I don't know. If, I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel like most people like Spooky Nick and people that like like Rob Zombie do not like this movie, <laughs> which is funny. Well, that's true. That well, here's the thing. I'll say. I I don't. I will say I don't hate the Devil's Rejects. Admittedly, I don't. I I do I don't think there's either. some strong it's, stuff in that movie. I do. Yes. Yeah. But, I can I can sit through that one, but it's. But if we're talking about his filmography, um, yeah. Let's just say. You're right. I think this is his weakest film to people that are Rob Zombie lovers. Right. But ironically, this is, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, like by a country mile, this is my favorite Rob Zombie film. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. It goes places that 
is very Rob Zombie-esque that it sort of loses me a little bit with some of the symbolism and stuff, but yeah, I do but I do appreciate I can accept it. it here. You can accept it here though. Like for example, the scream like people really in a Rob Zombie movie, they scream like these guttural things. Like they yeah. just sound like I mean, like they just sound like there's just pure pain when people scream right. in a Rob Zombie right. movie. Just it's just different somehow than it hits differently somehow. And the witches at the beginning, that whole scene with the witches just yeah, gutturally, you know, just completely part, yeah. naked and haggard and yeah. just, you know, chanting and screaming. It's so primal. It uh, is. But I think they needed that scene. They definitely, it's a it's a good kind of an opener to get you into the, oh, into well, the intensity definitely, yeah, of the witches. To go from the know? past to the, you know, to the, to the present day when the movie was filmed, it's kind of a cool juxtaposition and sort of leads up to what, what is happening in Salem. Um, Matt, let's just talk about the location. The fact that they actually filmed it in Salem. You and I watched this movie, and I think that's one of the reasons why you and I both probably like this movie because we walked those streets before several times. You know what I mean? It's it's oh my cool God. to see the location, some, right? Those some of those that beautiful, beautiful exterior shots when Sherry Moon uh, Zombie is walking over that little cut, like that bridge and the leaves are yes. tumbling down through the frame and yes. just got by the cemetery over there. It's gorgeous. I mean, did they film, gorgeous. Did they film this whole thing during the fall, Matt? Or is it like filmed over like a year or something like that? I don't some know. Some of it looks like wintertime. You know what I mean? It looks kind of cold uh, for Salem. I mean, because usually in October, it's like probably it could be November it's like for all I know because yeah, it's definitely true. colorful. It it's still cold. colorful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the locations are cool. I love the fact that she's a fucking DJ and she's with those two other guys and like they have like their own show. Like I love that location. Oh, dude, too. And they play Rush. They play Spirit of the Radio in the beginning. It's so cool. It's so I love cool. it. And it's kind of funny how they just like make fun of all their guests that they have on the show. You know, they're sort of like <laughs> busting balls right to their face. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah. let, just real quick before we, because mm-hmm. I do want to praise this movie a bit, and that's yeah. it's going to be a rare thing. This is probably the only time this is going to happen, but I will mm-hmm. praise this film. But the thing, the thing about Rob Zombie that the little tiny things like not don't bother me. I wouldn't say bother me, but like he's all about realism, right? He he's always you know he's this Texas chainsaw mentality where it's just got to feel gritty and real, right? Yeah, but to the he's point where there. like any opportunity to show like woman drop trow and take a piss in the bathroom like you have to sit there while she pisses and watch so i'm not saying it's taboo i'm not saying i have hang-ups about this i'm just saying listen women have to pee i get it right but why do we have to focus the camera and and like listen to her urinating and listen to it hit like to me it doesn't add to the realism just adds to the running time I'm, i'm sorry I agree I with you there. Detail. It's one of those things. I love that quote. Um, I forget who said it, but it's like, uh, get in, uh, go in late and get out early. You know, like as far as a scene goes, like you don't want to like waste time on things that don't mean anything. So why would you show that? You know what I mean? Like you're, like you said, you're just padding time to the film. Like there's no reason to show that. Like I'd really wish we could have been on set with Rob Zombie and just like him, like talking to his wife about why they're filming the scene of her pissing in the toilet. Like there's just no reason for that. I get right? it though. I get it. I mean, it's listen, real. It's, Matt, an it's, indi- real. it's a, in these independent films. That's what they do. They get people. Oh, they're, you know, People really are naked when they sleep. I get it. Like this, you don't hold the sheet up like they do in Hollywood movies. Like right. when, when, when you when you sit up in bed and you're naked and you just had sex, your your boobs are going to show or your ass is going to show because you're naked in bed. I get all right. that. Yeah, yeah. But I sorry, but. sorry. I don't just I just don't need to see a woman full on urinating. Like like I don't have hangups about it. But it just I don't know. It's just like oh, it's real, Mike. It's well, that's real. what I'm saying. It's like gritty and it's real. I want to see my wife. But let's piss let, on enough camera. with that. Let's talk about why this movie is good, Mike. There, yeah. there's some very inane walking scenes that suddenly turn into amazing things because the music that's over it, or these yes. montage scenes. Because 
honestly, Rob Zombie has impeccable taste in music. I will say that right now. Oh yeah. To me, I, I much more respect him. I think he's a great. I think he's a very very competent filmmaker because this movie's not an accident. This movie is straight up like fucking great filmmaking. Um, yeah. But his, no, it's good. There's some great shots for sure. But I mean, his, I just think his taste in music and he knows music better than film and. He kind of when he plays with music and montage and stuff, I really think that's when he finds his groove. Yes, he's good at like he's good at like a music video, like you said, like a montage. I mean, but, watch yeah, the end of that. Devil's Rejects with you know with Freebird. I mean, please, right. that, that speaks volumes. Uh, but Mike, the visuals. I mean, this is his most mm-hmm. visual movie. I mean, there's no it way is. like the naked ghost witch woman that's standing in the corner of the kitchen when she oh, goes in the kitchen at that, that one scene. It that is, is such a freaky shot. The man, creepiest thing I've up. ever seen. Yeah, and the the lighting's kind of cool because it's the lighting's very realistic, but you can tell that he actually forced it. You know what I mean? Not in a bad way. I just mean yes. like there's a lot of lights involved with the way he filmed some of those apartment scenes and stuff. It's very dim. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I love uh, I love how she has like next to her bed, she has this like huge cubes of light, which yes. is kind of like cool in a sense because she sleeps with those lights on, but it has this nice glow to everything. But the way they shot some of those hallway scenes too in her apartment with that door. You know the door slowly opens, and then there's like the the big red cross on the wall, and you see oh, the yeah, red light dude. pouring that out scene. into the hallway. Yes. There's like you said, there's so many visual kind of like cues that are just really really cool and stylistic that I really of, enjoy in this. Yeah, film. a lot of overhead shots. Like he's like, oh like yeah, a, I love up those in the lights in the hall. shots. A lot of them, and they're beautiful. Like they're sumptuous. But it's funny you mentioned that one shot because the lighting in that scene is great with the with how the way that, um, the red light reflects yeah. off the cross onto her face when she's looking at it and reaching out for it and stuff. Yep. It's so funny you mentioned her bedroom because clearly Rob Zombie wants to say, hey, I know film. Like, I, I'm a film... Because he's got George Melies' uh, Trip to the Moon, that real famous thing where the like the telescope is in the eye of the moon. Like, it's got that whole visual like on the That's wall, right. That's on the wall, right? Behind her bed, yeah. So it's like, oh, I know films from 1906 and 1910 or whatever the hell that, right. you know, <laughs> that early Melies film was. But it's so funny. Um, yeah. But Mike, so... <laughs> have a little fun with this too when she's in the red cross room and she's and she's kind of reaching out for it that i keep <laughs> i couldn't help thinking <laughs> of harry and the hendersons because you got that harry sasquatch demon that like stands harry there and in the, the hendersons room. oh it my looks gosh. like harry standing in the room with her dude that is so funny and then it, you, you get that actual scene of hell where she like <laughs> transports like it literally is a scene of hell and I'm waiting for that hairy, that hairy Sasquatch demon to like step into a close up and see the smiling face of Harry. Like, could you imagine if there was like a crossover? You know, it's like Harry and the Hendersons and and uh, Lord. It of takes Salem. me out for a second. I got to say, but listen, I suppose Halloween Two has its white horse and the angel, and and this yes. film has its Harry and the Hendersons demon. What can I say? It does, Matt. Let's talk about the song, the actual song that the Lords of Salem drops off. Dude, it is. I can't listen to dude, it. Dude, what I'm are those chords? Yeah, it, it fucking gives me a headache, dude. But it what are does. those chords, dude? I'd really like to know. Um, but I love how that the, the guy that wrote the book is like playing it on the piano or has his wife playing on the piano or whatever later. Awesome. So freaky. But that awesome. song is, what a cool song. I don't know if Rob wrote that, but like what a cool song to incorporate into this film as like this chant that sort of brings all these ladies out of their slumber kind of thing. Yes, Salem, I love that. You know That's I mean? great too when they show the shot of all, like women... Like just tran- like stopping what they're doing. Oh like, yes, and they just it's amazing. Lose it. Oh yes. my god, it's really really cool. Like I, like you said, and like I said, it just like it has these sort of creepy elements that that just just make it so fucking cool. You know what I mean? It's just stylistically and visually, it's just beautiful. You know, it is, man. Like, he, and it's it's great because he doesn't have to rein in his creativity and strangeness. Like he's doubling down on that stuff. You yeah, know, the weird absolutely. And, it's on dazzling display in this movie, but what he does resist, and I'm so thankful for it, 
is much of what he's known for, like his lewd in your face dialogue, like his basest impulses and fallback trademarks. They're mm-hmm. way dialed back in this movie. Yeah. Yep. They just are. And it's all to the benefit of this movie. Like, you know, his notoriety, his language, his cinematic vernacular, his robinist. It's, you know, it's just not, it's not for me. It's not right. for you either, I don't think. But, yeah. But in this film, whatever is there, it's still Rob and it's still there, but it's so palpable and, and it's so, it's so much better to, to, to get down because he doesn't just cram it down your throat. Like it's there in the background or it's a piece of it, but he has all this amazing, interesting cinematic stuff going on, these visuals that yep. it's okay that that stuff's in there. It's okay to be him. He's still Rob. But he man, doesn't, this, like you said, he doesn't shove it down your throat. You no, know I mean? in this he movie. doesn't. It's, it's definitely more subtle, you know, which I think you may have just said that, but I think it's great. So I don't mean to steal your words every time. Not at all. Talk, no, I just say, like, I'm just but saying. I agree with you there. It really does feel that way, you know? Yeah, and this movie dares to be just as effed up as the, as the other films, but it is something about the artistry of this film, the bold visuals. It's like an autumn breeze. This is why I describe it. I said it's like a cool autumn breeze cutting through the otherwise humid, stifling monotony of the rest of his filmography. Yeah, yeah. That's just how I feel. And that's probably the reason why we enjoy it. You know what I mean? I think so that's much. Why, that's why you and I like it as opposed to his other films. You know what I mean? Like, we can enjoy this. Uh, we appreciate that, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm glad we got to finally talk about it, you know, and I'm glad we finally got to talk about Rob Zombie in a positive way, you know? Me too. Not for nothing. Uh, I really am. And the fact, like I said, I'm a sucker for when I'm, when we vacation to a location and there's a movie film there, you know, that kind of sells it for me. And we've talked about, we talked about at the beginning talking about Lords of Salem, but the fact that you and I walk these streets and we kind of know a lot of these locations and to see that it's just like, even though it's not a movie typically that we would go see, but the fact that we were there just really sells it. Just watching Heidi. It's kind of fun. Well, her character's name is Heidi, but watching yep. her walk, you're like, oh man, I was there. That's right. You could put yourself oh, right in there. so cool. Because Salem has that creepy vibe. You you go up there and you know like off season, it's a totally different town. And that's how it looks in this movie to me. <laughs> it looks like Salem like in November, like you said. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. everybody has gone home, the tourists are gone. Yes. And that's kind of the And cool then the part true terror Salem. starts, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's I like I want to like I know I've been there off season, but I, I like I almost want to like stay in Salem like off season and experience Salem that way. Right. Like the, the tourists are gone. Now the real shit's going to start. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I'll be there next weekend, Maddie, and it's going to be fucking a shit show. There's going to be so <laughs> many people there. You know, I don't know what I'm doing, but like I said, it's a tradition, man. I got to go. You know, it's just All super right. fun. I yeah. Can't. Well, I'm glad you're still going, man. It's great. No, it's fun. It's like a fun thing we've been doing with the kids. You we got to so. We got to re uh, renew that some year. Yeah, we should, man. When the kids are all all gone and we're we're on we're walking around with canes, Maddie, we'll be up in Salem <laughs> together. <laughs> oh man! Oh Father, you give us the venom, fill us with your essence. Let it burn through our souls and our minds. Trample on the cross. We spit upon the book of lies. We. Desecrate the virgin whore. I'll do it. Oh, Matt. So listen, we're talking about one fucking weird Salem movie, and we're going to be talking about a Salem movie that's a little different 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> a little different uh, atmosphere-wise and kind of vibe, right? This is oh, we're yeah. going a different direction. So, what are we talking about next, Matt? This is our last film we're talking about tonight. This is one of your favorites, Mike. Uh, from Absolutely. 1993's Hocus Pocus. It's the dawn of a frightening day. Another glorious morning. Makes me sick. You're talking about three ancient hags. A bad kind of feet. Back after 300 years. The more children's lives we snatch, the longer we shall live. Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? I put a spell on you. in trouble. Brewing up magic and mayhem. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Hocus Pocus, The Magical World of Disney, Thursday. How could we not talk about Hocus Pocus when we're talking about which movies, Matt? You know, I think a lot of people right now are probably shutting the podcast off. Oh, God, they're talking about a Disney movie? The House of Mouse, motherfuckers. <laughs> we oh, have boy. to go. Matt, Matt, this this movie is like we've, you know, we talked, we had our Halloween Feels episode. This movie is dripping with yeah. Halloween nostalgia oh my God. and Halloween How, if you, love. If you claim to be a Halloween lover and you don't like this film, then something's really wrong with you. Because this movie is it. This is, it is this is it. This is the movie to watch around Halloween time. I don't know. Like, there's always like a joke. What is it? Um, uh, it used to be like USA or something would show Hocus Pocus like 70 times in October or something like that. It's like <laughs> it basically should be on like 24 seven from October 1st to October 31st because it is the movie. You know what I mean? It's it. You know? Yeah. It's um, like if you if you could watch this in the midnight hour in the same night, like that's the greatest oh. night of television and, and the WNUF. That's like the best triple feature I could ever recommend could you, you imagine matt it's, that's, that is a triple feature it's the greatest the triple feature you could ever watch on halloween dude maybe next year dude we should do that it'd be so great you know it'd be awesome oh my god uh so directed by kenny ortega maddie and Mike, written by kenny ortega yes just take yes. that in for a second i mean we're talking about the guy reinvented himself with the high school musicals all three of them mm-hmm. uh continued working for disney actually he shot that famous, famous documentary footage um, and was and made a film, uh, This Is It, about he filmed all Michael Jackson's rehearsals that he was going to do the shows that he never got to live long enough to perform. Oh, wow. That was, that was all him. He had, he had access to, every, to all that stuff because Michael Jackson trusted him implicitly. Holy um, shit. Yeah, it was pretty intense. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Because of Kenny Ortega. No, I was just going to say, like, I, you know, I do appreciate Kenny Ortega, but I'm not a, not a big fan of his. But I am a big fan of who wrote this movie, Matt. One of the writers, actually, is Mick Garris. Mick Garris, yes. Fucking genius, Mick Garris, man, and the oh. score, dude, John Debney, who would do. Um, yes. I, I know he did last summer score. I a couple know, of years later. dude. I know. It's pretty amazing. It's a pretty awesome lineup of people, the creative team that were behind this, and obviously you had Disney backing it as well. Um, but I think this is hilarious, Matt. Opened on July sixteenth. Wow, July, but Mike, Matt. I understand, dude. Like it's one of those things, like. <laughs> And they, you know, it it didn't do that well in theaters, I think, for that reason. But I think what I read was Disney's plan was they thought kids are off of school. They'll go see this if we put it out in the summer. And plus, Disney already had another movie on the docket for October. And that movie was A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. And they didn't want to compete with that. So they said, let's throw that it out in sense. July. Yeah, it makes sense. But think about it, though. It's a reversal of, of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Because I Know What You Did Last Summer is a summer movie that released in October. Yes. This is an, an October movie that was released in summer it's like they right they just completely reversed it maybe john debney has like uh debney has a uh had like a like a say in this like he hey, must be he know? must be very confused <laughs> about holidays and times of year i think i that, think so any movie he's involved in he's got like the opposite effect going with uh when they should release movies but um so mike i know listen we were 19 when this movie came out but i have to yes. say um at this point 
the actress who played Allison, I was head over heels in love with her. Oh my um, god, me too. I mean, Absolutely. I watched Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield the year before, and like, I was like, <laughs> she's right. this clumsy kind of actress who's like kind of cute. That's and, right. She was like way younger in that, right? Well, it was she, it was a little bit younger, uh, yeah, right? But it, I'm sure they filmed it was like two years younger. But when you're a girl, and two years pass, a lot can change oh in two god. years. Yeah. So yeah. Allison, man, I could totally see how that guy. What's his name? Max. What's the main character's name? Yeah, Max. Yep. Yeah, I mean, how it's the best, man. That that's he's the reason I connect too with this movie a lot is that would be something I did. I gave a girl my number and she gives it back to me. I that that's that would happen to me. That's exactly <laughs> what would happen to me. <laughs> oh, man, thinking I was I so it. smooth and then oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So Matt, we talked about the the Halloween feels. You know, we mentioned that it's just like off the charts, but. The fact that they filmed a lot of this movie in Salem, which is fucking cool as hell. And Marblehead, um, right? And they, and they filmed it in the neighboring town, right? Marblehead, which yes. is kind of like another cool town. But last year, actually, when I was in Salem with the family, they actually had a Hocus Pocus location tour, which was kind of cool. So we went to go, we've been to all the locations and stuff, which was kind of neat Ugh. to do on a walking tour and hear some of the behind the scenes. Which but McMax's cool. house, they have that little like deck down on the corner there. That Yeah, we walk there, which is far because I've driven there before. It's not really like in downtown. Salem it's like it's outside of Salem yeah it doesn't um, look like it's in downtown at all yeah which is cool Allison's house is downtown Salem you can go take pictures in front of that that's pretty easy to get to yeah. the high school is right by the you know the big park there Matt like the yep. courtyard with the park oh the yeah high school location is there which is kind of cool um, it's it's just super cool and that the way like I just there's certain scenes in this movie that I love one of them is uh, the opening when they're in the high school you know what I mean and then like Max and Allison are walking in the courtyard there and having that discussion that's where she hands on the note back yes. dude the leaves are falling oh like, my people god people are walking it's, Allison's wearing like a red like almost like cape like everything about that scene I'm just like I want to be there right now so every I time I go to Salem I'm just I walk down that same path thinking like where's Allison <laughs> I'm like, I'm in Hocus Pocus right now. Like, I'm here. This is it. It's happening right now. You know what I mean? I just feel it, you know? Well, listen, Mike, oh. you, ma you married your Allison, so good for you, man. Yeah, I did. I did. So uh, here's what but, I was thinking, Mike. Let's yeah. have a little fun with this. Like, sure. I, I have to say, when you think about the, the, the Sanderson sisters, because we need to talk oh, about Oh, yeah. We got to right? talk about the witches. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why, but Kathy and Jimmy's Mary, she... I don't know why, but she's like the best Sanderson sister to me. I just, every time she says, every time she looks like it makes a face, I like die laughing. Oh, I don't know what thing it is. she does is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> she is brilliant when she does that. It's so funny. It's I crazy. It. So I wanted to ask you, Mike, I wanted to ask you, which Sanderson mm -hmm. sister are you? Oh, I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. <laughs> um, uh, this is funny because I feel like we should answer it who we think we are and who the other person thinks we are. Well, you know I think I, mean? I think I'm I think I'm Sarah Jessica Parker, like ditzy dumb and like. Okay, I, I was gonna say I, I would say that too. I, I think I'm Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> who do you think I am? Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> do you? <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. None of us. None of us are. Winifred, I think I aspire I to be Mary, though. I aspire to be Mary. Oh, Not Mary's Midler, great. But Mary, when she picks up when she picks up that vacuum, dude, it's the greatest thing. And she puts that vacuum between her legs, and she makes that noise. She's like, oh. <laughs> that's awesome. I can't, dude. The sound of oh my god. She's oh, too it's much, good. Man. She's so perfect. It's good. 
I love it. I love it. I love Sarah Jessica Parker in this. I think she's so great. You know, she is. Yeah, the cast. Probably my favorite witch to watch. You know, like you said, it was uh, it was uh, uh, what's her name? Yeah, for me, it's Mary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think Mary's great, and she's like great comedic effect. But like you said, Sarah's performance of just all the the ditzy things that she does, and she how she's like sort of flirting with the bus driver, and she doesn't know what's (laughs) happening, and oh, it's so great. You know. Yeah, man, it's it's so much fun. Like I said, I, I really think we should maybe, if we ever get pull enough to do that at the theater, we should have some kind of double features. Right? We could show, like, next Halloween, we could do Hocus Pocus and, um, what did I say? And uh, Midnight Hour or something. Yes. Or, or something amazing, like some kind oh, of Oh, that would be so double, fun. triple feature or something. Oh, my God, it'd be awesome. An all-nighter, awesome. dude. What about an all-nighter? Yeah. We could program an all-nighter some night. Oh, that would be so fucking cool. I would love that. I would love that. Matt, um... You, you're like, uh, you know, I know you and I are sometimes into facts, especially about Salem, like history and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I found like a cool, interesting fact for you that I wanted to talk about. Did you know the last witch trial in New England, um, the, during the witchcraft scare was a mother and daughter and both were named Winifred really in, in 1697. I thought that was interesting. And I think that's where Disney got the idea for Winifred, um, and then Winifred, the mother's mother, was named Mary, which is interesting. Oh, so they cool. kind of went that well. And then she was also accused of witchcraft. Um, something else I thought was cool was the, you know, Billy uh, Butcherson, the the zombie guy? Yes. The stitches keeping his mouth shut are sewn into the pattern of uh, XIII, which is, as you know, the Roman numerals for 13. 13, yeah. Which I thought that was cool. That is very cool. Um, talking about locations, when I mentioned going on the location tour, Allison's house, the location is only two doors down from the original witch house in Salem, which is kind of wow. Neat. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple cool, awesome horror shout outs in this movie, Matt. I don't know if you noticed this, but during the scene where they go to the devil's house, which happens to be, uh, what's his name? And, uh, and his sister, um, uh, fuck. Who's the actor? It's, um, uh, they go into the the house of the devil. I gotta look it up. It's fucking Gary Marshall. And, oh, Gary uh, and Penny Marshall. Yes. When they go to that house, there's a kid wearing a Michael Myers mask, and a clown suit is in front of the devil's house. So like they have Myers and the clown suit like right next to each other, wow. which is kind of funny. So little tribute to Halloween. No, I definitely I have to check that out again. Yeah, yeah. I I went and looked for it after I read it. I was like, oh my god, I look, gotta look for oh, this. I'll be dialing cool Disney to see. Plus and checking that out. Yeah, yeah. And also, when Max goes into his room the first time and he stamps upstairs after he gets his shoes stolen by the uh, the two bullies, you know, when they're like, Hollywood! Oh, yeah, dude. The one guy is just ridiculous. Yeah. Go back and watch that scene, Matt. You know, he has, like, he, his room is in that fucking cool-ass dude, room with the turret. with the steps? Yes. Oh. Go look on those steps, Matt. There's a skateboard on his steps, and on his skateboard features Pinhead from Hellraiser. I did notice that. That I did notice. That's fucking cool as hell, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. But that room, that that room is a dude. Dream. That house, that house is fucking awesome. It's oh. so fucking cool. Like if you go to Salem, it's one of those locations you have to go to. Hit that house is so recognizable. You can't go in the. You can't go inside there though, right? No, the people are cool. They'll let you take pictures in front of it. You know what I mean? Which is awesome. We do it pretty much every year. Um, and it's it's a weird street, Matt. It's like on this end of a cul-de-sac right by on the water. The yes. house is on the water. Yeah, which you can is see awesome. it. Yeah. 
Um, but the house, it's like, like I said, it's not in downtown Salem. You can't, we walk there when we did this tour, but it was far. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like a, like a quick, it's probably like a 20, 30 minute walk. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. But that house is just fucking so cool, you know, to see. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Um, other plus of things that I love about this movie is the whole, um, the idea that the, all these adults in Salem go to this like dance party. Like I, I I'm like obsessed. Like I, oh, now Allison's that we're adults. Family? No, and all the adults go to the uh, the town hall for the, oh, the town hall, the, yeah, for that like Halloween party, like like Hackalander, I'm obsessed, dude. <laughs> dude. It's so fucking cool. But you know what's cool is the Hawthorne Hotel that you and I stayed at. I That's believe right when next we were to there. the uh, the big court, the, the big yard. It's that old historical hotel. They do like a two or three floor Halloween party every year that I've been like dying to go to. And I think now that when our kids are gone, Maddie, I think with our canes, we should go to that Halloween party. I think it'll be cool. We'll be the only old guys there. And we won't need to dress up. Younger. That's true. We'll just be old. We'll do, Hey, you guys are old guys. But you know what's old, funny, dude? Great costume. We'll be like, no, nah, this is really us. You know what's great, though? Is those same four, the same 14-year-old girls that were in the craft will not be like middle-aged women. They'll be hit, we'll be hitting on them. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> They'll true. They'll be like in their 40s or 50s. You'd be like, hey, it's that's not so bad it. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't look so bad, but yeah. Um, but I think that's so cool. I love that scene, you know, where they're at that 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 party. I think it's yeah, so great. Just to think that this whole town comes together and has a Halloween party for these adults is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's ridiculously um, good. Yeah, it's so cool. A lot of the sets, obviously, were in California, right? Obviously, so like like a lot of the graveyard stuff and, and some of the other scenes, like the Sanderson house, like that was a set, which is pretty cool. Yes. But you think of most of these locations were filmed in around Salem, um, I think is awesome. And the one thing we haven't mentioned yet, Matt, is the night we are, we're actually showing Christine is when Hocus Pocus two premieres on disney plus oh wow which i'm super excited about you know the one thing i'll tell Max isn't gonna be in it is he or allison they're not gonna be in it are they i don't know i feel like they're keeping that a secret matt i think oh, they're I gonna show so. up because when i watch the trailer it's like these new young kids you know that are sort of like uh i think they're they're the descendants of the sanderson sisters no, or something they like should that. be that's good no it's a cool plot and honestly i saw the newer trailer i don't know if you've seen any of the trailers matt but it i have looks not like I have high hopes now. Like I don't want to go into this expecting too much, but I I kind of like seen the trailer and I'm like, wow, this looks like it's going to be really good. It looks like they captured the feel of the original Hocus Pocus, which I was nervous about. But the one thing I'll mention, we talked about locations. They didn't film Hocus Pocus two in Salem. They couldn't because as you you and I have been going to Salem over the years, it just gets more and more crowded. You know what yeah. I mean? It would be virtually impossible to film this movie in Salem in in October. Yeah, it, it would, would be. It would. They wouldn't be able to do it. <clears throat> So they filmed it in uh, in Newport, Rhode Island, oh, which is beautiful, town. <laughs> which is another gorgeous town. Gorgeous. And I saw some of the behind the scenes photos of the sets, and like the whole town, it's like um, it's like a Halloween fair kind of thing. Oh. Um, like a carnival, dude. It looks so fucking cool. These town scenes that I've seen, it looks amazing. That's one of my favorite so, towns in in America, honestly. Newport. Rhode oh, it's Island. gorgeous. It's so cool. Um, so I think. I think it's going to be a good movie, but I'm really excited to uh, the fact that we have Hocus Pocus 2 coming out. Like you said at the beginning of this podcast, we're fucking lucky, Matt. Yeah, we're so lucky we right are. now that we have these movies that we can see or stream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's pretty awesome. I don't think they're showing Hocus Pocus 2 in theaters. I think the fact that it's on Disney Plus, they're just going to stream it. It's kind of a bummer because I'd really like to see. Yeah. Not since we hadn't we didn't see Hocus Pocus in theaters. I at least I did. I did you not know, either. That was, no. Um, to be able to see the second one in theaters would have been cool, but I'm just excited that we're going to have it. So I won't be able to watch it Friday night cause, and you won't either. Cause we'll be at the Friday night frights, but I'm definitely going to be streaming it Saturday night. Do you guys have Disney plus at home, Matt or no? Wait, you're going to stream it from Salem? No, 
No. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to be in Salem. You're going to be in Salem, dude. You might have to wait till Monday. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm going to have to. Because I'll night, be living it. I'll be dude, living it in you'll Salem. Be living I'm going to be hanging out with the Sanderson sisters in, in Salem. I mean, Sunday you drive home. There's no way you're going to stay up to watch a movie when you get oh, home. Oh, hell no, dude. Hell no. Six hour no. drive. Not with my new job. There's no way, dude. <laughs> and you know I'm going to be the only one driving. No one's going to volunteer to drive. Oh, my. Actually, I could get Mikey to drive. Mikey could drive a, a leg of the trip. You know, now that he drives, you know? Yeah, but he doesn't know where he's going necessarily. <laughs> no, but he he's good with the GPS and it's like, you know, it's like pretty much. As long as you don't road. like let him drive down by New York City, like in that stuff. Like, no, him, I would take over the, by then, the but yeah, the New England leg's pretty easy. Yeah. He's got to get used to it because he's probably going to college up there, you know? So. Sister, observe. Behold it. Just when our time of running out, come, we fly. On what? So Matt, I think uh, that's a wrap for our witch episode. I'm just so happy that we ended it with such joy. Going from Lords of Salem uh, to to Hocus Pocus was kind of cool to have those bookend, you know, those movies back to back Salem movies. You know, super fun. Yeah, man, so good, and I'm glad we got finally got to say some nice things about Rob Zombie, and I meant every single I one of too. them. I really did, sincerely. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm proud of it, Matt. I think it's great. It's really good. So, so Matt, I, that's a wrap for our September regular episode. We also are going to have a bonus Patreon episode. So, if anybody would like to join us over on Patreon, please do go support us over there. You can just search for us or go to Patreon.com/slash Alone in the Dark Podcast. And uh, we have a uh, we have a couple fun things in uh, October plan. I think we you want to mention our commentary, Matt, because we are doing a special commentary for October, and I feel like we should just throw it out there because it's kind of a rare occurrence when we do our commentaries. We do them a couple times a year, right? Yeah, probably maybe once a year at this point. Uh, so it is a special thing, maybe twice. But uh, we're going to be doing H two O this year. Can't wait, Matt. We have to do a Halloween movie, right, for Halloween. So um, we've, you know, we've talked about H2O, but we haven't actually done a commentary on it. Um, We do commentaries on here and on Patreon, but H2O is going to be a fun one to sort of talk about and uh, do a live commentary, you know, for people to go back and listen to. It's going to be super fun. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's a great film. So we're going to enjoy it. Yeah, and then I think we will have probably we'll, we're planning on another regular episode uh, for October too, just to load it up since it is the season, right, Matt? It is. So you'll have to look for that. That should be coming as, as soon as well. And we will have another bonus episode for Patreon in October as well. But Matt, I am so happy we are right. We are into the Halloween season. I, you know, I just <clears throat> when I go around to stores now. I don't know about you. You don't feel it as much as I do, but just to see all this Halloween stuff, it's like I'm just so thankful that we're in the season. Well, just don't go to f- Costco then because uh, they have their Christ- oh, they I have did. Christmas stuff up already. And it's ridiculous. I saw it, dude. Sickening. I saw it. It's disgusting. It's sickening. It's sickening. But the fact that you go into like CVS or, you know, like oh, the a, best. Walgreens, Walgreens or something. Yeah, Rite Aid, whatever. Yes. <laughs> I've talked about this before, but there was the one time that I did the podcast down by you at your house. And I'll never forget. I like... I, I was early or something and I walked into like a CVS, I think. And I remember just like, just that Halloween section of all those like Dude, sh- CVS those shitty masks. Ass. Yeah. Down here. But I just remember buying like a shitty mask and just showing up at your doorstep wearing I the mask and just knocking on the door. And it was fucking like 50 degrees out. It was a it was wolf just mask, like, I think. 
It was so great, dude. Like, I just love that. You can walk into any store and there's Halloween decorations. Uh, there's Halloween just everywhere. So just take it in, guys. This is it. This is like our, this is our time right now. This is the time to enjoy it. I just decorated my outside of my house. I have to set up my lights tomorrow, I think. But um, I posted a couple pictures on our Instagram page. But like, I'm just so excited, Matt. This is like, this is it. This is the time to put on a bunch of horror movies, drink some fucking pumpkin coffee, put on a pumpkin candle. Uh, I'm drinking right now a pumpkin pumpkin cider from Downey Cider. Like this is the time to just like enjoy it and just take it in. So, yeah. Matt, I know it's been a couple rough weeks for you, but put in some horror movies, Matt. Let's get into it. Yeah, you know, man. Because remember, the, remember, because Sean Astin says it, man. The Goonies, like out there, that's 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 their time. In here, right now, this is our time. That's a great way to leave it, Matt. That's a great way. Well, guys, happy September to you guys. We will see you guys in October. If you guys can come September 30th to Christine or October 8th to the WNUF2, the sequel, please come and hang out with us and at the Atlantic Movie House. We'd love to see you. So take care, guys. Hey, love you guys. I put a spell on you. And now you're mine. <laughs> you can't stop the things I do. I ain't lying. No! No! Don't look at Been 300 years, right down to the day. Now the witch is back, and there's hell to pay. I put a spell on you. Good joke. Happy Halloween. Thanks a lot. No, man, I'm serious. You gotta get heavy. I'm not kidding. Show. Cover your ears. I put a spell on you. Yeah.